only source of true delight whom I unseen adore. Unveil thy beauties to my sight that I might love thee more. Oh, that I might love thee more. You're listening to the weekly podcast from Fort Worth Presbyterian. The following message was recorded live from our sanctuary. Our prayer is that this message would nurture a joy for loving God and loving people in you as you listen. See my bleeding dying. I'd to read in your hearing from the second book of Kings, chapter number six. I'm actually going to stop reading about the 17th verse. Once when the king of Israel was warring against, or king of Syria rather, was warring against Israel, he took counsel with his servants, saying, At such and such a place shall be my camp. But the man of God sent word to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass this way, for the Syrians are going down there. And the king of Israel sent to the place about which the man of God told him. Thus he used to warn them, so that he saved himself there more than once or twice. And the mind of the king of Syria was greatly troubled because of this thing, and he called his servants and said to them, Will you show me who of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet, who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. And he said, Go and see where he is, that I may send and seize him. It was told him, Behold, he is in Dothan. And he sent their horses and chariots and a great army, and they came by night and surrounded the city. And the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out. Behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? And he said, Do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. <clears throat> My sermon title is in the form of a question, what do you see? What do you see? My uh, intent, by the grace of God, is to... Uh, just speak a short word of encouragement to God's people. And I pray that, uh, that the Lord will speak to, uh, to our hearts. The king of Syria, presumably Ben-Hadad, <clears throat> uh, declared war against Israel. And he was in the course of executing that war strategy against them. And upon deploying Syrian troops... According to the strategy, it became rather obvious that those strategies were being compromised. Israel would know of the Syrian troops' movement in advance. 
and of course negating the element of surprise. This happened repeatedly and finally in response to this revelation, the Syrian king, uh, understandably enraged, embarks upon an internal investigation to pinpoint the traitor that must be amongst them. The investigation, however, was short and been revealed that there is no internal breach, King, but rather this is the work of the prophet of Israel, Elisha, who, because of his telepathic gifts, is privy to these presumably secret conversations. As a matter of fact, nothing that you say is private as long as Elisha is around. One thing the king knew, and that was where Elisha was now located, in Dothan. I thought that was quite interesting that the God who revealed the secret location of the Syrian troops chose not to hide the location of his prophet Elisha. But before being too concerned with that particular point, we must remember that God has a purpose for everything that God does. The king of Syria sent a great army to Dothan that very night, where Elisha is located, surrounds the city with horses and chariots, and of course, charioteers. And with the city surrounded, Elisha would be trapped. No escape possible. And that, that uh, verse is somewhat pregnant for me uh, because I know that oftentimes, at least in my walk in this life, that you can feel trapped and can feel surrounded and even uh, debilitated by circumstance. Elisha's attendant, a young man, somewhat inexperienced, but traveling with Elisha, he wakes up at dawn and goes outside before Elisha awakes or stirs. And when he goes outside, to his great surprise, he sees the land filled with enemy soldiers who had encamped all around them, blindsided by the enemy, and surrounded by evil circumstances and intentions. I don't know about you, but if I was in this young man's shoes, I would begin feeling it's going to be a bad day. (laughs) With fear in his voice, Elisha, his, his servant, frantically runs to Elisha and he asks him, what shall we do? And that's a rather common response in, um, in these type of situations where we're surprised, we're unprepared. And his question was, what shall we do? And I also, also wonder why this young man did not, why didn't he pray? Why was his first response to go get Elisha? And that prompts me to ask this evening, what is your relationship with 
your God like? Do you know the Lord for yourself? Do you have a strong relationship, connection, a strong fellowship with God? Or are you relying on someone else's relationship with God to get you through your trouble? This is a paralysis of fear because of the lack of faith in this young man's life. And I beg to ask the obvious question, are you paralyzed by fear? What about those lab tests you're waiting for the results of? What about the announcements of layoffs and downsizing? What about your Fear of opening up that 401k statement. It's easy like Elisha's servant to focus on the problem. What seems to be so obvious. What does not require us to exercise faith or have spiritual vision. Our problems. Are you suffering from insomnia? Can't sleep. Can't eat. Or like some of us eat too much because of worry. Well, <clears throat> Elisha's response to him was a response of calm. And he says to him, don't be afraid. That's good to know that as children of God, we don't have to be afraid. But I noticed that the word came first and then faith to the young man. Romans ten seventeen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I also found it interesting that the servant consulted Elisha, but Elisha consulted his God. Who are you going to with your concerns? And why should this young man not be afraid? Elisha says, because those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now, the young man didn't see it quite that way. He was not seeing everything, obviously. What Elijah's answers and what seemed to be reality to him did not jive. He couldn't see the full picture, of course. He didn't have all of the information, obviously. But Elijah saw something else. And Elisha then prays for him knowing that what he saw was real. You know, faith is not imagining unreal things. Elisha prays and says, Lord, open his eyes. Faith's perspective is God's perspective. It's amazing that we have two perspectives, but only one circumstance. Open his eyes, Lord, faith says. One perspective is seen through the lens of fear, while the other is perceived through the lens of faith. Open his eyes, Lord. And notice how often in our text, these miracles are preceded by prayer. Jesus said that prayer can move mountains. I'd like to ask you this evening another question. What is your focus? What do you see right now? 
Are you focused on your sickness, but not the great physician? Are you focused on trouble, but you can't see the Prince of Peace? Are you focused on difficulty, but not the deliverer? Are you clearly seeing your loneliness, but not the one who promised to never leave nor forsake? Open our eyes, Lord. Are we focused on the unknown? Are we worried about finance, lost opportunities, that test, that payment, that repair, that relationship, that job? Open our eyes, Lord. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes. And he saw. And what did he see? He saw that God had been working in the background of his life all along. One of the great things this text is about is it reminds us believers of the resources of the righteous. God had dispatched his own legion of horses and chariots and charioteers, celestial forces, have you, and chariots of fire, as if to clearly identify and distinguish the army of God from the army of the enemies. Another thing this text teaches us is that faith's vision will often see heaven's agenda. There is a correlation between prayer and seeing things from God's perspective. Things look differently to us after prayer. Pray and don't lose heart, Luke 18.1 says. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without Stopping, Luke 6, 12, Jesus spent the whole night in prayer. Luke 19, 46, Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Here is the sovereign, eternal will of God superimposed over temporary circumstances. Our light afflictions, Paul might call them. And how is it there are exactly enough warriors for the number of chariots that God's dispatched. That's our sovereign God at work, Christian. How did God know the exact number of horses for every chariot? How many chariots does it take to surround a city like Dothan? There are no mistakes in God's sovereign providential will. No detail forgotten. There are no miscounts. May I move to conclusion by asking again, what do you see? Do you have a clear vision this evening of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? Do you have a vision of the one who's called a wonderful counselor? Can you clearly see heaven's help? Can you see that compassionate Savior, the one who's called the master of the mighty and the captain of all the world's conquerors? Can you see the one who's the commander of the heavenly host? Our God is immortal and he is immutable. He is the conductor of the symphony of creation. You can trust him. 
His power is all-consuming. His wealth is all-encompassing. And his wisdom is all-sufficient. Yes, we can trust him. The one who waved mountains into existence with the palms of his hand and dug out the deep gorges, we can trust him. The one who called the hills and causes the hills and mountains and the valleys to balance, props up the heavens with his own will, you can trust him. Causes the stars and the moon to lean on his arms, we can trust him. The one who could be called Abraham's travel guide, I encourage you to trust him. Moses' adoption specialist, you can trust him. Jonah's search and rescue team, trust him. Daniel's lion tamer, trust him. And finally, let me say that the enemy, yes, the enemy was defeated. And when the enemy was surrounded, when they were tricked, actually, into going to Samaria, the text says, there's interpreted, or says, I should say, in most uh, renditions, that that they were blinded. But in reality, a, a closer interpretation would, would mean that they had their vision was confused. So we had in our text one instance where eyes are opened and another instance where eyes are closed. And when the enemy was corralled into that walled city of Samaria and the king of Samaria came out ecstatic because Elisha had won, as it were, a great victory, His question was, should we kill them? Should we kill them? And Elijah's word was, no. Let them live. Feed them, as a matter of fact. Feed them. And send them on their way. If I had written my own Bible, I would have called these last few verses the gospel to the Syrians. Because if Elisha could have destroyed the army of Syria and its king, he had more than enough resources to destroy his enemy. But instead, the only person that died that day was Elisha, who died to himself. Instead of killing his enemy, he died to himself. He graciously spared them. And Christian, we draw inspiration from our Lord Jesus. The one who himself was surrounded by the forces of evil on Calvary. Surrounded by those who cursed him. Surrounded by those who spat upon him. Surrounded by those who ridiculed and mocked him. Who himself could have summoned legions of angels to his aid. He could have destroyed those who were taking his life. But instead of responding To his enemies with vengeance, he chose mercy. Instead of retaliating with hate, he responded with love. Instead of responding with justice, he chose grace. And of course, we know the words of our Lord Jesus as he hung on Calvary dying. 
Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. What looked like defeat at Dothan and what looked like defeat at Calvary was really victory. Now, this is where you can participate, participate in the sermon. And I'd like for you to ask the person closest to you this question. It's okay. Ask the person nearest to you this question. When was the last time? Come on. When was the last time? You had your eyes checked. The pleasing scene is clouded or with pain. Thank you for listening to this weekly podcast from Fort Worth Presbyterian. Our prayer is that this message was able to nurture a joy for loving God and loving people in you. Please visit our website for worship service times, directions to the church, and to subscribe to this podcast. Our web address is fortworthpca.org. Fort Worth Presbyterian is a part of the Presbyterian Church in America. My Lord, my life, my light Oh, come with blissful rain Break radiant through the shades of night And chase my fears away Won't you chase my fears away?